once came another man. Style of tall. Go ahead. I'll be honest. I, I played a very high standard. Young uh, superstar. Give some lessons. Determination. Was extremely... Welcome to the Chess Underground. Eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. And I felt be Welcome back to the Chess Underground, the inaugural episode of season three. And I am thrilled, my first guest, to kick things off. Season three, of course, the theme is streamers. And I am honored to be here with none other than the Gotham Chess himself, Levy Rosman. Levy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, honestly, I, I don't get a lot of media requests. I don't think as much as some of the other big chess creators. Um, and when you invited me, uh, it definitely helped that I have fun memories working together on the World Youth, yeah. World Cadet. So I said, yeah, you know, sure, let's do it. Let's talk chess. Now that was, I believe that I sent you to China. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, you, I guess, yeah. No, not, it wasn't really me. I didn't, I didn't package you up and mail you to China. <laughs> but that was, uh, was a very fun trip. Cool. That's great. Um, so... Levy, I got to start with a question that I'm curious about, and I suspect a lot of our listeners are too. Um, what is the origin of Gotham Chess? Where did it come from? How did it come about? Very simple, uh, and has nothing to do with the fact that I like Batman. <laughs> I was going to ask that. I was going to ask that. Yes. Okay. So people actually, if I would have named myself after something I liked, it would have been maybe lasagna chess or uh, Stella okay. Artois chess or something. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I don't... Uh, I don't, basically, it's just New York City. Uh, I was I started streaming uh, February 2018, and my original name for the OGs of the online chess world was Crew64, because I was supposed to stream with a group of friends, taking turns, and uh, we obviously there are 64 squares on a chessboard. Mm -hmm. So that kind of died out because it turned out that I was addicted to streaming and they kind of like they kind of liked their normal jobs they didn't like to stay up till four in the morning uh, playing blitz chess and you know listening to music and being loud and I mean it rash. sounds great to me but I guess maybe it takes a special uh, disposition <laughs> yes it does help that your work day of teaching after school starts at 3 p.m 4 p.m sometimes that definitely helps. So Gotham Chess, just uh, named after New York City. I kind of wish it was not that. I actually very much, now that I'm much more familiar with the Twitch world, I really like people make plays on their names or they just get known as you know, three of the four first like six letters, like XQC is not known as XQCOW. Overwatch is just... So that would be cool. Uh, but I am Gotham Chess and don't ask me what I'll do if I move out of New York City. That... That's the big Maybe that's your opportunity out. to go to go lasagna. Yeah, I, I've been <laughs> brainstorming some some names, but I, I don't know. I'll probably just stay uh, stay Gotham. Yeah, I, I imagine. So, so you said you are a bit of a Batman fan. I want. I, I imagine you may. That's probably something that uh, guessers would be guessers fire off a lot. Um, how big of a Batman fan are you? Can I nerd out and ask you what's your fam favorite uh, Batman comic? Oh, definitely, definitely not like that. Uh, <laughs> haven't read too many comics, I'm okay. not going to lie to you. Uh, growing up, I would ask my dad to go to the library to get Garfield oh, and okay. Calvin and Hobbes. But that's it. Oh, I love Calvin uh, and Hobbes. I'm actually looking at It's a Magical World by Calvin and Hobbes right in front of me on my desk. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I, I would uh, get a, get my hands on as many of those as I could. But I never I never got too much into the comics of... True. Of the, of the different universes. I, I was always a, a movie guy. I thought the cinematic experience of Batman was, was awesome. So I'm a fan, but... But we can't nerd a, out too much. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speaking of superheroes, though, if you're a Calvin and Hobbes fan, surely you must know Stupendous Man. 
Yes, I did not. <laughs> I, I didn't remember the name, but I definitely know when Calvin would throw on the uh, the cape. Right, right. I, actually, you know what? I'll be fair. That was from memory. I don't even know if I got that name right. I hope I did. If not, apologies to Mr. Waterson. So, you know, Levy, I'm, I'm really curious. What got you into streaming? You've become a very popular streamer. I love watching your shows. Um, what what got you started? What got me started? Well, uh, I, I remember maybe in 2017, a chess.com email circulated about recording chess mm-hmm. content. And I submitted something. I think I might have even submitted a recording for a chess kid just to be some sort of teacher because that was my first career. Right. So I graduated college in 2017. But as early as 2014 in my freshman year, I was uh, teaching chess in New York City schools. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of my time standing up, pointing at the big demo board or a screen. And there was any, any group between five kids and 15 kids between the ages of six and 12, just screaming at me for an hour, hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> I was so a coach I, too. I, I, that's, that really strikes a chord with me. Yes. And I, I really like teaching in Brooklyn because if a kid is, you know, screwing around, you can kind of tell him it's not. <laughs> there's no, there's to, no, uh, no filter needed. N- no. In fact, parents kind of like the kids to get that little bit more, rugged experience so at least with some of the older kids like maybe the middle schoolers yeah we'd be a little bit more kind of i i don't know i don't know the right word to this but you kind of get what i'm saying like yeah, you, it, it, it was fun it, it definitely i like teaching in brooklyn a lot more than teaching on the upper east side if anybody's listening from the upper east side i'm very sorry but uh <laughs> there's definitely a difference it feels like where you where you are brought up as a kid uh in, on, on the streets of new york city uh so i was always talkative and could take a punch and uh, verbally take a punch and, 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 <laughs> right. and throw a punch back. And that's kind of where I got into streaming is in the, that original email came out in 2017. And then I kind of submitted it and they said, we have a streamers program. I didn't really know what that was back then. I didn't really take it too seriously. Yeah. But I just kind of started doing it. I had a long uh, plan to do it for a while with some friends and they did it. I did it. I really liked it. And I still remember those days, man, like 10 viewers, eight viewers, right? and you click the viewer list and you just start shouting out people, hey, thanks for watching. And then you don't realize that half of them are viewer bots that Twitch just sends to channels. Uh, there's a few I didn't realize accounts. that either. That's, you yep. learned something new. Yep. So there's like electrical skateboard was one. And he was always there. I was like, hey, this guy's a big fan. No, he was a robot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but things like that. And you start getting a little bit more about the culture and all this stuff. And as I said, I was streaming until four in the morning some, some nights. I would go to my friend's house, commute to my friend's house, we'd stream on this crappy little laptop uh, with a camera, bad mic, and play blitz, uh, drink liquids of the alcoholic or non-alcoholic variety, depending on whether it was a Friday or not, and <laughs> just have a, have a decent time with it. And I, to be honest, 2018 is kind of a blur because... It just sort of was my schedule. I was teaching chess, and then I was streaming a little bit for fun. Sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. I would get some donations. I wouldn't get some donations. Right. Uh, the first big boom happened when World Championship in 2018, and Hikaru started streaming more. Uh, kind of same, I got to say, through 2019. Although in 2019, I have a... I'm 25, but I, I, I have a worse back than probably 99% of the people who are listening. And I was... Lift like, with your legs, not your back. <laughs> I it, it, it's I could sneeze, you know. I could look at someone, and my back would would, would slip out. And 2019, it just flared up. There, I was bedridden for weeks, and mm-hmm. uh, it really it really killed my desire to do much of anything, but stream in particular, because you have to sit or stand, and I just couldn't. Uh, and that was tough. 2019 was a was was a tough year, and again, actually, even more of a blur than 2018. And then here comes 2020, right? And at the beginning of 2020, before there was any sort of boom. Uh, I was barely streaming. I barely streamed in the month of April 2020, even. Really? Because, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was still very much teaching and looking at pivoting from the program that I was at to a bigger school in Manhattan. And a couple of things, you know, one thing led to another. I started streaming a little bit more and uh, some, let's put it this way, work conflicts arose, different politicking. One thing about teaching chess is particularly in a place like New York City, there's a lot of parents, a lot of staff a lot of it's a very serious business 
it's yeah you could yeah. also write an entire netflix series on it you know the backstepping and the <laughs> it's crazy stuff it's it's honestly it's really i would, really, I would really love cool. to see that the brooklyn gambit maybe there you let go. me let me tell you that thing would be a hit because it would be it would have everything i mean it would attract all sorts of uh, <laughs> ages and audiences uh but I what is it? What is the show? It's like the house, the housewives of Atlanta or something. We could have the chess moms of New York. It's it, listen. I gotta tell you, it's just dads. <laughs> it's, it's it's moms. It's dads. It's it's everybody. Uh, the the dads, the the, the stay at home dads, the retired dads. They dare. They are one of a kind in chess. Let me tell you. Um, but that's basically how this came about. I started. I went all in essentially on streaming, mm-hmm. and with the first wave of. The first pod champs, which we'll probably talk about later. Yeah. Uh, May, uh, well, April, May, June, right around the time in 2020 when I said this, this is it. I'm going to do chat. I'm going to Twitch YouTube. I launched my YouTube channel May 2020, and I just kind of, I never really looked back. I the rest passed on all my. Yeah, I mean, I passed on all my students to friends, and I just kind of invested in in myself from there. You know, that's a remarkable story. And I think the most remarkable part for me is how quickly it happened. You know, and and I mean that in two ways. First of all, streaming, and in particular, esports and chess streaming, just came on the scene in the last half decade, right? And I mean, it has exploded to the point where people are watching more hours of esports than they are, you know, like literal baseball, actual sports. You know, that's how large the industry has become. And of course, the second way I mean that is your own personal story, you know, just between spring of 2020 and today, right? I mean, that that's when you really went went for it, if, if I'm understanding the timeline correctly. Um, how much of that growth do you think, you know, is attributed to, of course, the events of the world, the pandemic, sending everybody home, sending everybody online? Oh, I think it's massive. I would be very naive I think if I would say that chess would be even remotely close to where it's at, mm-hmm. if it, if it hadn't been for that, the events of last year, I don't know the exact. Yeah, I can't give you an exact metric, but of course, it, yeah. it, it 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 definitely it definitely helped. But it's interesting because the first wave happened in May, really. Yeah. Uh, because not just Hikaru with XQC and PogChamps. But the whole mag- we can't not talk about the Magnus Carlsen online tour and, and all right. this and right seeing these guys on camera and uh, I, I, I if there's a parallel universe where the pandemic doesn't happen first of all the pandemic doesn't happen so who who knows what other incredible things we're we're, we're experiencing in that uh, in that timeline mm-hmm. and I'm not even saying that sarcastically but yeah but it would be interesting to see if if any of the same stuff happens then we would need another timeline without the Queen's Gambit <laughs> right uh, or or either that one and not the other but it, it, it was right place right time for sure and yeah. I am definitely not Anybody who I talk to, really, who say you work so hard or you make so many YouTube videos or this, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I understand I wouldn't be here if it weren't for a couple of dominoes falling the right way. Mm. So I never really get a, a big head at all. I'm, I'm just constantly trying to convince people that chess is where they want to stay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not just a fad. It's not just... And it's not difficult. That's the thing. Like it's a, it's a hard game, but it, it doesn't need to be frustrating or or beyond anybody. Like it's totally okay to not be great at the game. It's it has nothing to do with your intelligence, which is basically what I modeled everything about the chess boom around, and I still continue to do that today. You know, I just want to say from a very a very personal note, I really respect that. Um, I'll share with you a very quick story. When I, I, I always remember this story. This, this is the one story that stuck with me from my youth as a chess player. And I was a freshman in high school, and I was rated about 1,400. And I was at a, I was at a tournament. I believe it was, a, it was a big tournament in Chicago. It was either Chicago Open, Chicago Class, something like that. And I saw a couple masters. I knew they were masters because I saw them playing in the Open, reviewing their game afterwards. 
And I walked over and stood about five feet away and just kind of like listened and watched. And they both stopped, stopped talking, stopped moving everything and sat there for like a minute. And then they kind of looked at me. And then I realized that they weren't going to continue until I, until I walked away. So I, I just walked away and then they started continuing again. And, you know, that was such a, I don't know, an influential experience because I remember I really didn't like it. <laughs> you know, it was very unpleasant. <laughs> well, if you did, I think you're strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, is that, you know, is that what this game is about? You know, is that, so it's really great to hear. Um, and, and I, and I know, uh, I know, I know it's not just you. I know there's a movement now, this hashtag grow the game idea. Right. Um, and it's really refreshing. I think that in particular, uh, the streamers, and I want to give you full credit for that, have embraced this new wave of players that have hit with, you know, the pandemic sending everyone home, sending everyone online, and of course the Queen's Gambit. So I, I think you're to be very well commended for that. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, I will say I've, I've been in, in your shoes before. I've been the little kid walking up to Russian old guys at the park wanting to play, and there you get, you <laughs> kind of get the side eye. Right. Uh, and right. maybe you get a chance to play and you whoop them or they whoop you because at the end of the day, they, they could just straight up be better. Uh, listen, I, I've, I've never done what you described in the story. I've never been the master. They, they just sound like douches. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and that, that's as bad of a word as I'll use on the show. But uh, I, right. I, we had I, Brian Wall on the show. That was a, that was a fun one. <laughs> okay, so, well, I, I, I do have a, a bit of a of a potty mouth, at least on Twitch, on YouTube, I'm much more kind of a teacher, but uh, I have been in the position where I'm playing in a, a chess tournament and my round is running late and a random person just sits right next to me. There's no board, like there's no game there. They just sit at this available chair to watch me play. So that's different. I think that if you, if and there I definitely was like, can you go away, please? Like, what? Right. It's, it's right. Like, yeah, there's like an game. etiquette, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the skittling. I mean, if someone wants to watch you skittle and you have a problem with it, I think you should, you probably need need a little bit of therapy or a, a, <laughs> a stern talking to. So that's definitely right. different. And and you're right. And actually, I kind of wish I, I had thought about that as an example of gatekeeping because I do get asked this question and I think there's different iterations of it and types of it in, in the world of chess. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, a recent tweet that I put out uh, actually kind of talks about exactly that demographic that you're talking about. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, we're talking, can talk about that later, but uh, like a, the average viewer on Twitch of one of the recently exploded streams is probably about 1100. Yeah. If even that, that. that might, that might be generous. Yeah. Yeah. Like I probably about eight, 900 and they're there because it's fun. They're not there because they want to learn every minute of every hour. They're there because it's fun. There's an energy. There's This is all the rage. They want to follow the top players. They want to see the current news. They want to follow certain uh, streamers to certain milestones. And it's, it's pretty incredible, I have to say. Yeah, you know, I, I texted my buddy just the other night. Um, and this is a roundabout way of getting to a question directly related to that. I was watching a Carlson stream. I don't know if you caught it. It was the one where he played a bunch of the young players, the up-and-coming team, the young team, 3-2 uh, games. Yeah, I caught the openings of that. I noticed he played the Banco Gambit a lot with a friend of mine, and now we're, like, trying to examine the Banco. If you're listening to this and you're a future <laughs> opponent of mine, uh, just disregard what you just heard. Right. Delete, <laughs> the, last, delete the last 10 yes. seconds. It didn't happen. Yes. Um, yes, I did see it. So I remember when I was in college, uh, and I'm dating myself, this was like 2001, and there was a Kasparov versus computer match, and it was like really tricky to find where you could actually watch it happen, you know? Like you had to like really do some work to try to actually watch chess happen live, and nowadays it's just so accessible and it's everywhere, and the text I sent to my buddy was, man, how cool is this? I can literally turn on my TV and navigate to, to the YouTube app and watch Carlson like play these dudes live, like the, the world chess champion playing these players live, you know. And and I remember when it was like a tiny little square TV that was like barely out of the black and white era, and we were trying to find some way to watch Kasparov play the computer. Anyway, this is a long way to get to the question of what do you think is the most attractive element in the in in Twitch? Is it that sort of community where we're growing, we're going something? Is it voyeurism? 
is it accessibility to the player and being able to interact with them, or yes. is it something else? So not or all not three. To interrupt. I, I, no, I, please interrupt. I would lean very. And this is just my opinion. Uh, just because you invite me to the show doesn't mean it's the objective, all-knowing truth. I would probably say that it's the third one. Okay. Uh, my, my I can speak about my community on Twitch. It's it's a it's an atmosphere kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I treat it very much like this is my home. Uh, I don't know how I fit ten thousand people into it, but okay, let's just let, let's just say it's a rental. Uh, and I, I, you know, I rented out a space, and, and all these people are here, and it's just, it's just a good time. It's a party, and we're we're kind of like one community. We disagree on certain things, but if someone comes along and pipes up and says "Hail Hitler," because that's like how Twitch is. Like I, I'm right. completely honest. Like you know, someone come, comes in and starts to just say crazy things, and I'll show their chat messages on stream. I mean, I am one of the. I'm in a class of okay, classes. I'm kind of the, the individual, maybe like the uh, the outlier who I do things a certain way on Twitch because I think that you don't get that with some of the others that are a bit more family friendly, uh, and I just think it, it humanizes you. You know, you see this person like you pull up their chat messages. Oh, they're so they're crazy. Like, and then everybody has a good. They're like, oh my god, what is this? They, you know, oh. Like I said, and, and now we have people in the chat who kind of know that maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna look at their messages, so they kind of deliver. It's got a little bit of a game, yeah, a little bit of a game. Right. Like, oh, let me poke at Levy a little bit. Um, when I'm on a bad streak, they they pour it on because they, <laughs> because they know I can take it. And then right. when I win a few games, and they and they say, hey, you missed a free piece. I go back and say, oh yeah, it's definitely a free piece, except you get made it in two moves. Great job. Yeah, they. <laughs> They can take it. Some people can't take it. You know, some people end up going to a Reddit or a YouTube comment and say, this guy is terrible, full of himself. But the people who stick around and they kind of understand the way the channel kind of works and flows and realize that if I say something mean, super deadpan, I'm not that bad of a human. I mean, there's it's it's just it's just kind of the, the tone of humor in the channel. And I, and I think a lot of people like it because chess is a boring game like let me be the first to tell you i've been playing this thing for 20 years <laughs> it is uh it's it's not that interesting i mean at a certain point it it's it's repetitive it can really beat you down and i and i think the music and and, and, and the kind of uh, trash talk or or, or or hyper energy the accessibility to answer your question is probably of those three what it is but that fourth one for my channel personally is is, is most likely uh, why people would gravitate to uh, to my Twitch on on the YouTube side of things? I'm I'm not like that at all. I I record completely separately for YouTube because I think YouTube is an opportunity to make really high quality content. Right. And on Twitch, you could be a degenerate for four hours, and and, <laughs> and everyone will love you. Yeah, that's you know. Look at you, this lovable you, degenerate. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but on YouTube, you can be the same degenerate. But you can put out really good content because you can edit it. You know, I, I, I do very basic editing kind of on, on, on my own mom's, uh, computer and you give them a really high quality 30-minute product and right. monetize it and there you go. So kind of two different models is how I do it. Do you ever have uh, fans find you on YouTube, watch a bunch of instructional videos and then pop on your Twitch and are just like shocked? <laughs> what, what's going on here? Absolutely. So because the YouTube has grown a lot more than the uh, the Twitch channel has because of the discovery algorithm and everything. Yeah, a lot come over and say, hey, it's my first stream, you know, this is crazy, I finally get to hear some music, or wow, this is so different. Uh, Sometimes it's very obvious there's like an eight-year-old that somehow found their path there, Uh, no parent. Right. And it's like, you curse more, what? I didn't know you curse. (laughs) You can kind (laughs) of like see that, I'm like, oh man, they're innocent. And then I've even seen... Because I read, you know, I do read the YouTube comments, not not all the time, but mm. I'll be like uh, seeing, hey, you banned me in Twitch. Can you unban me? They don't write their username, nothing. Like I'm supposed to know <laughs> who it is. And, uh, so it's, it's this, me, you know. Come on. Yeah, literally, that's how it goes. I'm like, yeah, listen, I don't, I don't know, I don't know who the heck you are, but if you had told me your username, maybe there was a chance. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. You know, so speaking of that accessibility and interaction, something I do want to ask you about, and we're going to have to lay some groundwork here for our listeners who aren't familiar with the story, but you had 
a recent experience with probably some unpleasant interaction and accessibility. I'm talking, of course, about uh, the incident with Dewas Kipa. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, was an Indonesian player, played you on the stream. Could you fill us in with the details there? And then I, I have some questions. I, I'm really sort of fascinated by this story. It is a fascinating story, and I think an important one in the chess world. Um, so could you bring us up to speed, and then let's get into it. Totally. So May 2nd, May 3rd, I believe it was May 2nd, but it's not May. March, March, March 2nd. March 2nd, March 3rd, I'm streaming chess, and I am just playing 10-minute games, talking to the chat, whatever. So I get an opponent, and I... Uh, I don't remember exactly how I had hypothesized it was a cheater right off the bat. I, I believe it's because I had clicked on the account I, essentially, if I get like a high-rated opponent has no title, I always click on the account just to just to check. Yeah, see who they are, right? Yes, I click on the account and I see a couple of different statistics. I see a lot of games that they're winning very high accuracy. They lost to a cheater. They lost to a person who had a very high, like ninety-nine percent score, and that person ended up being banned very shortly thereafter. Uh, so I, I had my initial suspicions, and I actually did not feel like making the content that day of playing a cheater, which I, I have done. I just wanted to play some normal games. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people can empathize with that. You know, you're just, yes. oh, man, come on. Now I've got to waste how much time it is, you know? For anybody who's wondering, th there are certain just absolute giveaways, such as gaining 900 points in 14 days. That generally doesn't happen. Uh... But this person wasn't winning like 95% of their games. They were maybe winning 75. But granted, they were winning 95% of their recent games. That's how it works. Right. They, they realized that it's just as hard somewhere in the middle. So they decided to... Make one it thing not I hadn't so hard. Noticed, yeah. Right, exactly. One thing I hadn't noticed, I only noticed it after the fact, is that at some point they won 27 games in a row, averaging 98%. Uh, that I did not notice until after, because it was in the later pages of their recent games played. So I go to play, very obvious signs of cheating, same balance of time every move, you know. To me, that, that's one of the big giveaways, honestly. Especially you know. on obvious recaptures. Right. And I, you can start thinking like a computer. When, when you get to be a master, IM, GM, FM, you, in some positions, there are moves that look so weird and obscure that if you were an engine, you would give it your full backing. And you can kind of theorized what those plans would be, and the person played every single one of those plans. Even, there, there were a couple of moves that the, the person, machine, played that were shocking, completely negating one of my ideas. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, they won the game. Okay, great. Uh, I reported the account. The account was banned. End of story. Except it was not the end of the story, because 12 hours later, I'm laying in bed, and I see some stuff on my Twitter. Like, hey man, uh, there's a viral post going on in Indonesia. Guy says you played his dad. And his dad got banned because you got mad, you lost to his dad, and your fans mass reported him, and he got banned. Hmm. And his dad is a chess player. Look, he posted all this evidence. And I, I could barely sleep that night, because uh, getting this at one in the morning isn't really good. No. And I not saw what you want things, when you're trying no, to, to chill out. No, no, <laughs> ready it's for not. <laughs> and by the time I woke up, my Instagram flooded. It still is because there's no way to delete all these comments. You have to do it one by one. So if you want to check out some of my recent posts, you'll see 10-week-old, 12-week-old hate comments in Indonesian. Just an ocean, an ocean of hate. Me, my girlfriend, um, messages, message requests on Instagram, my YouTube, all my comments, all my comment sections. Uh, and I very quickly began to realize that it's only going to get worse. This isn't a flash in the pan. Like that right. day I learned that Microsoft ruled that Indonesian netizens were the least civil in all of Southeast Asia, which so, yeah. is where I think, I don't know, 
Go ahead. And, no, I was going to say, and, 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 and the story was that they attacked Microsoft, so they proved Microsoft's point. I was the new, I was the new person on the stake. You, you took the place of Microsoft. Correct. Now, Indonesia is the fourth largest country on earth by population. Right. Yeah, the, the question I have written down here and underlined in, in my pre-event notes is, what was it like to receive the brunt of an entire nation of upset individuals? <laughs> it was... I don't know how many people I can ask that question, but I can ask it to you. It was insane. Um, because what do you do? Right. Uh, I made a post on Twitter saying that I had reached out to the kid. Uh, because at the end of the day, here's the thing. Kid is a liar, right? He's lying. Mm. Um, and he, he's not He's not lying that the father is playing chess and is a chess player. Right. He's not lying about that, which is what made his case so compelling to the fellow citizens, is that the father plays chess. Look, here's a certificate. That he won, it's crazy because the certificate was 15 years old. He won a local tournament 15 years ago and he submitted a scorebook which showed that he trains and writes the moves down against Shredder. Mm -hmm. So he's got a computer at home and he trains against it and he's able to beat it or make draws with it according to the score, which is to any chess fan, you know you can prompt the machine to help you. Or you right. can, you know what I mean? And, and if it's a Shredder right at 25, 2600, okay, fine, it's beatable. But that would mean that this person is a secret, unknown, untitled, un, not in even the Indonesian national database kind of a thing. Right. But let, let me pop in and ask you a quick yeah. question here. I want, I want mm -hmm. you to keep going, and I don't want to slow your thunder, but I'm very curious about this because it's something we struggle with a lot as well um, in my line of work, which is running events. We encounter situations a lot where we have a fair play issue and we'll contact the family. Now, usually it's, it's the reverse. You know, we're not contacting the son, we're contacting the parents. Mm -hmm. And the parents will be very adamant. You know, hey, kid didn't do it. Um, we have some evidence he didn't do it. Trains with Shredder, you know, not Shredder or Fritz or whatever it may be. And we often find, you know, 99% of those cases, it's just a simple matter of the parents are clueless. They don't, they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know chess. They don't know how it works. They don't know how easy it is to grab an engine. Do you think it was that or do you think it was not that? I, so it, it could have been something along the lines of, first of all, there was a theory it was the son. Okay. There was a, that, that was one of the theories and, 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 and the father would be playing legitimately, but the son wanted to raise the father's rating to potentially get him to, to play one of the national heroes, which was one of the narratives the father wanted to meet. You know, Susanto Magaranto, grandmaster from, from the highest rated player, active player. Obviously, they had Utu uh, Adianto, who's uh, very famous, uh, but now is politician, I believe. Like he's head of the federation and everything. But that was one of the theories. Another theory, maybe they just play together. Uh, it, it, it maybe is not as simple as the dad is playing and toggling back and forth app to app and that's why it takes 10 to 15 seconds to play certain moves I I don't know all I know is that the account got its high rating by playing illegitimately and referencing most likely Shredder uh, right. because you clearly have an evidence of person training against something that, that, that they do possess. Now, where, where the story got really odd is that in the Indonesian media contacted the son mm -hmm. and the dad and they, the dad's like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. And he's going through the game. He, there was a lot of recordings of him analyzing our game. And when I say analyzing, it's a very generous word. Basically just saying the moves. Like, I, I don't speak the language, so I, I couldn't translate, but a few people were translating it to me and saying, he's literally just saying what happened. He's just saying, knight here, bishop here, right. to the camera. And the majority of the people who attack me don't play chess, so they're just looking at it, you know, this is a... I'm going to be completely honest. Like a lot of the narrative that I got was, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Western white colonizer. 
Mm-hmm. Just be completely honest with you. That was a big thing. I'm suppressing... <laughs> suppressing this talent, but they didn't, yeah, they didn't have the know, knowledge to... The chess right. knowledge to, to recognize. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't respect uh, Indonesia, Asia. Uh, it's, I'm an American with a, with a lot of hubris. If only they had listened to some of my anti-American government rants on stream, but sadly, uh, that... Uh, that was missed, uh, and that, that there were different, all sorts of different crazy narratives. Uh, things they said to my girlfriend, Oof, crazy. Uh, it, it, it was wild. So uh, I took a couple steps. I shut down my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I shut down my Twitter, uh, and I, I, I got in touch with uh, a YouTube network that could geoblock Indonesia on YouTube. That was where the majority of the damage was happening. And because I wasn't uploading for fear of throwing paper into fire, right? Uh, my channel was getting crushed on the algorithm, on the monetization. I didn't upload for maybe a week or something. I don't know, six, seven days, which is really bad. It was crazy watching this unfold. I don't have the exact timeline because to be honest, it, 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 it doesn't even feel like it happened. It's just, it's, it's so surreal. I was trying to get a few Indonesian national players to speak up, but they couldn't because it was so crazy. The degree that the media was taking the story, uh, whatever I breathed or spoke was on the next five viral Instagram pages of Indonesia. Millions of followers, millions of followers. Uh, it was nuts. I mean, it was uh, like trying to, I lost my surfboard in a, in a massive wave kind of a situation. Right. I didn't know what yeah. to do. But I, I, I slowly started untangling, and then finally I just decided to start firing back. Mm-hmm. So I got tired of cleaning up my YouTube. Then they would attack my YouTube on VPN. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it was actually, it got a lot, but about 10 to 15% was still, oh, you think you can escape us? You know, we have I mean, VPN it's not here. an understatement. You were literally bearing the brunt of an entire nation of upset individuals. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Different stuff started coming out. A lot of people started being like, hold on a second. Let's take a look at this guy's record. Let's take a look at this. Take a look at that. Uh, big thing was uh, rematch. Do a rematch. Do, do this, do that. Uh, so Irene uh, Sukander, who's one of the strongest players of Indonesia, really kind of became the spokesperson uh, against this whole thing. Like the, inter- the, the Indonesian chess federation started coming out and saying, listen, this has gone too far. This is an embarrassment to our game without really alienating the, the, the kid and the son, because uh, that could have backfired as well. It was a very delicate process. The kid was all over Facebook saying, I have all these different media appearances, mm. and uh, I'll be here and I'll be there. And then the, the podcast, that's really when, 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 when it hit its climax. He went on the Daddy Corbusier podcast, mm. as he is called the Joe Rogan of Indonesia. Uh, I don't know if people are trying to put him down by saying that. I, that kind of doesn't seem like much of a put down. It, if anything, it seems like a he's a very, very muscular man, uh, retired magician, actor, etc. Yeah, I, 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 I watched a little. I, I guess the best way to describe him would be kind of like uh, maybe a slightly older The Rock. Is that fair? He, one of his first YouTube videos is with The Rock. So okay. yes, okay, yep. And he had the son and father on, and they didn't talk too much about the issue, actually. He just talked to them about whatever. That's kind of what it felt like. He just kind of wanted to to talk to them and a little bit about chess, why the dad didn't didn't play professionally if he was so good, maybe like, like little things like that. And there was always, of course, anybody listening to this understanding that the truth has now come out, there was many holes in the story such as my father would have played professionally, but he never had a chance. Mm-hmm. That wasn't fully accurate. My father's 2,500 ELO strength. He just hasn't had a chance to play in a tournament. You know, Ali, the, father, the son, walked that back as well. He walked back a lot of things. But in the name of nationalism and, and supporting the countrymen up against this, uh, this devil that I am, the people still stuck by, by, by his side. Mm. And uh, I was invited on the episode that Deddy did with Irene. Irene wrote an open letter to, to be with Deddy and uh, to speak with him, and I was invited. And uh, I kind of gave a very professional 
kind of thing. I didn't really point too many fingers. I just kind of said, like, uh, here are the facts. And a lot of people gave me some respect after that. I don't know for what. I just spoke the reality. Right. But then they had this match. Uh, they set up a, a match. I mean, sometimes just, just speaking the truth is, you know. Yeah, they wanted to hear from me. And, yeah. and, and to do it on an Indonesian channel was very important. Very, very important. And uh, they organized the match, a 10-minute match between Irene, who's about the same level as I am, mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and uh, Dadang Subur, or Dewa Kipas. Uh, the S is, you have to move the S. Not Dewa Kipa, but Dewa Kipas, which means fan god, or what, you know, I, that, I believe that's what it is. And okay. uh, she, she, she wiped the floor with him, and it wasn't close. One game yeah. was relatively I competitive. I replayed the games. <laughs> I yeah. replayed the games. It wasn't close at all. They they were not close. And right around then is when I was liberated. And I I, I only a month later, this happened mid-April, only a month later did I uh, open up my Instagram again. Because Instagram, I noticed with, with a lot of people in Indonesia, it's, it's the biggest platform. And it's, it's where the least amount of truth comes out. Mm -hmm. They did not post those viral places about the defeat. Yeah. They didn't post about Irene triumphing. They always angle the story like he said, she said. And so a lot of people in, 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 uh, who just use Instagram in Indonesia still think, still think that I'm guilty and he's not and don't actually know the full story. And we'll just continue to be like, it was stage fright. He th there was a story that he lost out of respect that Irene was a woman, which is just, oh, Oh my goodness, the mental gymnastics are just, I would say some words, but you know, it's done, it's in the past, and I would say that 95% of the hate shifted. On YouTube, 99 and a half. So much support. No. I gained like 15,000 subscribers in a day. Yeah. People were, I, I had Indonesian subtitles on the videos for, 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 for a short period wow. of time. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the, I also got in touch with Wired to write uh, shout out to Cecilia uh, De Anastasio. She wrote a she wrote a great piece. Kind of got my, my my take on it, and that was a lot. But it was it was I mean it's it was a month of a story. It was a month and a half of a yeah. story. So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to condense it. But oh, it was so wild. It was so wild. You know, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on tape because I know. I guess I don't know. I've never had anything like it happen to me. But I would I would assume that when something like that happens to you, right? I mean, you have this raw sort of visceral um, feeling about it, I would imagine. And um, in particular, something on that large of a scale and that personal, you know, the hearing that they went after um, even your girlfriend, uh, that's just... Um, they, went after, <laughs> they went after uh, followers. So I was in DMs with certain people on, on, on my Instagram, including a few, few like, you know, Relatively high-profile people, different like uh, musical writers for certain mm -hmm. musicians and everything. You know, athletes they they'll follow me because they really like chess, and they were messaging me like, "Man, what the what the hell is happening? Why am I getting messages in Indonesian telling me to call you an asshole?" <laughs> it was <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah, yes. I, I think you know. Um, first of all, thanks for sharing all of that, and this is just a one of the very weird chess stories that also has. A very bizarre ending too, right? I mean, the the match that you referenced was, I believe, still is the m single most watched chess stream or chess broadcast of all time. Am I correct in that? Yes. Yep. The match between Irene and De Dewa 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 Kipas. Dewa Kipas. Yep. Yes. Um, so you know, we have this match that is basically born out of a of a of a controversy, and. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is, a cheating incident, right? Yeah. That ends up making history. I mean, set, setting a record for the, the most watched chess stream of all time, chess broadcast of all time. And, and I... It's, yeah, go it's ahead. Not, yeah, it, it's it is. Just it's, it's just a, a mind-boggling situation. And to be caught right in the middle of it, um, I think must have been... <laughs> must have felt exactly as you described it, right? Just a complete whirlwind. I even told Irene... I don't know how my nerves would have held up if I was in her place. Mm -hmm. uh, if it was me playing, she gave him a chance to play some moves and be solid. Mm -hmm. I would have tried to beat him in under 15 moves every game. 
and she's yeah. fully capable of doing. We have very different playing styles, but I remember I was uh, talking to her about it, and uh, it's like, why wow, you could have played some gambit. You Give know? him the opportunity just... to, to make the blunders. Oh yeah, just to just miss, totally miss stuff. But it, to, to to her credit, you know, it, it wasn't the three game match. She she made him quit. It was supposed to be a four game match. He actually did not play the fourth game. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Although yeah, I suppose at that point it's it's irrelevant anyway. It, it could and would have been four zero, and it wouldn't have been close. Right. Uh, but uh, people will believe what they what they want to. And actually, a little shortly after that, I I still had a little bit of wave of hate on my YouTube. But the the counter argument became so strong. And then they started arguing with each other, which is the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. they, they weren't arguing about me together. They were just fighting each other, which was a lot better. Yeah, I, that, that's just mind-blowing. You know, especially from, from my perspective as, as someone who has worked directly with chess.com and, and has a good understanding of how that workflow goes, you know, um, just, just insane what sort of narratives can be strung. And honestly, a great example of the dangers of poorly sourced media, right? Right? Like, yeah, that was such a big part of it, and I did not feel like it was my place to tell an entire country to stop trusting everything their media put out. But I kind of wanted to <laughs> say something along those lines. It it was really bad. I wanted to start calling them out on Twitter because I would say sixty minutes of something and five seconds of it would be put up. One of my tweets would be put up, or I just mm -hmm. yeah, it was yeah. Well, um. Moving on to something hopefully a little a little more fun. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your experience with with Pog Gems, like how that came about, how you get involved, and and all the all, all the good stuff. Sure, that's, that's like well, a hard pivot, isn't it? I'm sorry, <laughs> just no, kind of drop that right on you. It's uh, but you've been involved in some major things lately, right? I mean, the I'm not a GM speed chess, uh, the Pog Champs. So let's get to some of the fun stuff. Yeah, well, Pog Champs one was the first boom. I wasn't majorly involved in that one because I wasn't as as full time of a streamer. But I remember I did get uh, a little bit of the I don't want to say uh, breadcrumbs, but let's let's just say breadcrumbs. I got like one or two on-stream kind of private sessions with one of these uh, creators. Okay. People had designated coaches, and I, I, I don't think I did. I don't think I did commentary. Maybe I did commentary once, like I, I got to substitute for somebody. But I, I wasn't really around too much. Mm -hmm. And the second one was obviously a lot of fun, and the third one was massive. Right. Uh, it, it's 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 very cool. Let's let's call it like it is to have massive creators sacrifice what could be thousands of viewers, mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 percent of their audience that wants to watch them do whatever and not chess to play chess, learn it with the other big creators, really try to study it and get competitive and try to try to win the whole thing. It's a, it's not a perfect event. Definitely has its, its uh, pluses and minuses, but how would Levy Rosman improve Pog Champs? I think just mostly the sourcing of the players. I, I think you can't know the finalists before the the, the whole thing begins, and we did. Yeah, uh, yeah. we we did know it was going to be Rain Wilson, and we did know that it was going to be Sardosh. And then uh, Benji Fishy made a made a made a push for this most recent one. Ben, Benji being a guy who literally knew nothing about the game, uh, and then. By the time Pog Champs was Pog Champs three was starting, he was maybe nine hundred, one thousand, but he worked all the time, trained with Hammer, Jon Ludwig, and uh, yeah. emerged like a very solid thirteen hundred player. And it still wasn't enough because the pre-tournament favorites were also working right. and also grinding, and but but they were the big three. The interesting thing for me was always going to be the constellation bracket and. Uh, one of the finalists, Michelle Carre, the, the, the reason she was in Podchamps is because she, she had reached out to me in January. She has a, a big YouTube channel called Challenge Accepted. And, well, the, the YouTube channel is Michelle Carre, but she has a big, big show, Challenge Accepted, where in 30 days she tries to learn a skill. It's usually physical, but this time around it was chess. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, hey, let's make the final challenge this thing. And uh, it's going to be a very fun episode, very well produced, a lot, a lot, lot of different creators. So, this this most recent one not only had a massive global reach with millions and millions of different right. fans, yeah. but the charity component. So, if I had to improve things, it would be smaller, uh, sure, a, a, a better uh, 
dare I say, better title sponsor than the ones we had. Sorry, sponsors. Um, I would try to get a little bit more publicity. I would, this is the little stuff. As right. I'm sitting here as a person in the industry, I wanted to be sponsored a little better. Publicity, the publicity should be a little bit better. Those kinds of things. Sure, that makes sense. You know, for me, I, I was just watching as a fan, and it was really cool as a former coach to see, or rather to observe other players and uh, fans watching the learning process, right? You know, like, I think people underestimate chess is not really a skill you can learn in 30 days, you know? You, you, can, you can get better at it, you can learn a little bit at it, uh, but it's a very... Um, I'm not sure the right word here. Complex, obviously, uh, but it's more than that, right? I mean, you can learn chess in 30 days, but then there's there's still a lot more. I always think of that old that old quote: uh, "Chess is a oh my goodness, I'm going to mess it up now. Chess is a sea from which an elephant can bathe in, or or a gnat can drink, right? Something like that." Yeah. Yes, Mikhail Sal, I think. Yeah, we're probably I'm probably misquoting it, and we might be misattributing. It. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there will correct us. Um, but but yeah, I mean. Um, anyway, I, I guess my idea there is it was really cool to watch, uh, those personalities go on a journey, um, would be the best way to put it. Speaking of a journey, you took another one recently in the, I'm not a GM speed chess championship, which I was also a big fan of. I thought that was really fun to watch. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I, I think you made the semifinals. Is that right? I made the finals. You made the final. Okay, excuse me. I apologize. I, I didn't do enough research. The finals you made. Okay, and <laughs> and and then lost to. Hold on, I had it here in front of me. Let me find the right note here. Who, who was your opponent in the finals? Uh, Roberto Molina That's from right. Brazil. From Brazil, um, it was fun. I was happy to improve on my result from the first go round. Sure. Uh, as a competitor, I will say I. I never thought I would get this ner- like I, I was so nervous in a lot of those matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wore a heart rate monitor versus Eric Rosen, and I got up to 120, 130 throughout the entire match. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think the nerves really held me back the, the most, mm-hmm. if, if I'm being honest. Um, but that's... That's how it goes. Very, very stressful event. Pretty fun. What do you think made it different? You know, you've played in, obviously, you have an IM title, you have three IM norms, you've played very critical games, you've played major tournaments. What was different about this one? Well, I just played it to, to, to do it, to have something to compete for, uh, and just haven't really competed in anything uh, serious, really, in a while. So... That was kind of the motivation, also to, like I said, improve on the most recent time when I got eliminated in the uh, quarterfinals. Yeah, final eight. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wanted to win it just to see, just to see if I could, frankly. And that 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 was really it. Let's let's let's, let's just call it like it is. The mm-hmm. prize fund was not uh, you know, where I am. We're like the preliminary UFC. We're the first preliminary UFC fight on a. <laughs> on a, on a what do they call that? The undercard match, time. right? Oh, it's it's beyond the undercard. It's the it's the preview of the preview or something. It's yeah, the prize fund was it definitely wasn't that. It was just to have a little bit of fun, do my best, and uh, maybe come up with some unique opening ideas to to test out in some of these matches. And I was kind of able to do that. And so, so here's a question I like to ask the, the stronger players that I bring on the show, and I, I always love the answer I get. What makes a good blitz player? <laughs> Don't ask me. Uh, I'm sure you can get stronger people to tell you. I, 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 instinct, it's really all it is. It's, if in one to two seconds you can come up with the best move and the best plan consistently, it's like watching these, these title Tuesday guys yeah. who win it all the time. I mean, when I talk about Hikaru or Temyev, uh, Magnus, it's wild. I sometimes try to watch them play and, and maybe guess some of their moves, and I can't. I just, I just can't. Like, I, it, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's really unbelievable. So, and how good quickly opening, they find them too, right? And how yeah. quickly they find a move that we don't even think of. A move we don't even think of a move that we thought was bad. They they think is good. They end up being right. A move that we thought might be good, but we didn't see why. And it turns out that three moves later, you see why. They didn't see why, but their instinct, yeah, 
was everything. And I have puzzles that, that I'll pull up that I solve in three seconds. It's the first thing my brain gravitates to. I'm like, oh, I see this little, oh, that's probably just it. Even at the 32, 3300 puzzle solving ELO, but they can do that eight times out of 10. I have my, my two out of 10 moment. More, more, more often than not, that first instinct needs to be given a smack. And for them, <laughs> for no. them, it's seven. Yeah, literally. It's, yeah. it's I, hold on, hold on. It's seven or eight out of 10. And, um, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's crazy how good they are. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Do you have, you know, amongst those, amongst those players, or, or I, I guess I'll just open this up to anybody. Do you have a favorite opponent, a favorite collaborator? Anybody you really enjoy either playing, beating, playing, defeating, or working with on, uh, on a project? Well, I, I definitely as a as a competitive rival, it's 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 got to be Eric Rosen. Sure. We have played many, many, many matches against each other at this point, and the record is in my favor. But any of those matches, a five minute span or one or two games goes differently, and he very well could win it. We had a nail biter quarterfinal in the I am not a GM. Uh, Every match we've played will ultimately come down to either the bullet, which is hardly chess, mm-hmm. or one or two blitz games. So, yeah, as a competitor, definitely him. At least in all this online stuff, over the board, I haven't played in, in, in a while, and you generally don't play the same people too many times. Yeah, I made the mistake over the board. I, I played Eric when he was maybe 13, 14 years old, 2100 already, and I was 2200, uh, and I managed to emerge victorious from that one. And then the mistake I made was I kept playing him. And now I have a very negative record against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, probably Eric. Uh, in terms of collaborating, I, I, have, I have my waves. I like to collaborate. Sometimes I'm kind of tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I just like to do my own thing. But yeah. as a competitor, the answer is very clear, I think. Cool. So, any do you have like a an, an upcoming deathmatch or cage match with Eric that we can uh, we can tune into, or should we get one on the calendar? Maybe. Probably got to get one on the <laughs> calendar. I mean, I, to, to be honest, one thing that I have been brainstorming and thinking about here and there is uh, chess boxing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I would love Eric. I have we've spoken about the idea of punching each other in the face <laughs> and playing and playing chess also. Uh, I think. How, the, so, how did that conversation go? Hello, good sir. Would you would you enjoy punching one another in the face whilst uh, chessing as well? Uh, <laughs> not exactly, but kind of. Uh, okay. To be honest. Okay. It's like, hey, man. Uh, no disrespect, but what would it take to get you to chess box me here? And we we. I'm more excited about it than than he is, but I'm also probably less mature and. Uh, I get excited about things and then ultimately want to make them happen. And then you kind of have to talk me out of it. Eric strikes me more as, as a lover, not a fighter though. Yeah, for sure. Granted, he could knock me out. I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's never. Right. Like quiet fury, silent for silent fury. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it might be crazy strong. I I don't know. So, uh, I think a chest boxing pay-per-view would be, would be crazy. I think it would, it would, it would really sell if we got some, some big names, big people on there, but that—that's just that's kind of a. I actually completely agree. So, so my good friend Gopal Menon and I, when we would drive to tournaments together every now and then, and on the road, one game we played to entertain ourselves was you know name two chess players who you would love to see in a boxing match, right? Mm. So, who would be your top two if you if you could have your your dream matchup, prime time pay per view, chess boxing matchup? Who would it be? Well, come on, that's an easy answer, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> it, would be, it would be Hikaru versus Magnus. Versus Magnus, yep. yep. Okay, I thought, I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's be very serious. Uh, and then the co-main event can be me and Rosen. And then we can get a, we can get a Botez in there. And then and, and whenever I talk about chess boxing, everybody in the chat just goes, uh, every, both, both Botezes will beat you up. Uh, Rosen will beat you up. I'm like, okay, well... You know, uh, can't really start arguing about the the boats. Like, what am I going to say? Oh no, I would physically assault the right. boats. You know, right. you can't, there's no winning there, so I just kind of take my my L. Um, <laughs> take the loss and move on. Yeah, I just tell them, oh, of course, they would all beat me, every single one of them. But uh, nobody wants to do it. So at the end of the day, uh, right? Who knows? Maybe maybe I won't want to do it either when push comes to shove. But 
I, I, I think that there are people who would want to do it. We could throw some Twitch or YouTube people on there who maybe for them just was a one-time thing. I think, I, I think it has potential, but just that's kind of how I spend my time brainstorming different ideas like that. I agree. I, I think that would, I think that would take off. I think that would absolutely take off. I, I would be, I would pay as much money as they want for that. They would take my, my whole life savings if, if need be. Um, well, Levy, honestly, this has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences with me, talking about, um, you know, some, some very difficult subjects. I, I'm sure that was a tough time for you uh, when you had uh, basically the entire country of Indonesia on your tail. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. Would you have any parting words or advice for people who want to start out streaming, get into the industry, anything like that? It's a good, uh, it's a good question because normally, I mean, this is this is quite literally U.S. chess, so I right. I don't need to convince anybody about chess. I don't need to tell people people to uh, to give it a go. Uh, that's normally the, the the parting words. Uh streaming is very frustrating. Uh, I will say to anybody listening that if you have a good layout and you're engaging and have a camera, there is a chance that when I end my stream, I will send my viewers to you. Uh, just please play on chess.com. Uh, at least for now, I'm still contracted to them. Uh, but uh, maybe if you're listening in 13 months you could, and, and I haven't re-signed, <laughs> then you could, be, you could be on any platform. But I, I, I'll generally raid like a lot of really small creators because... I know the grind and it's not a very rewarding one sometimes. So definitely don't drop everything and do it. Do it as a third or fourth source of income. Uh, but be yourself, be positive, understand that you are going to get a lot of potential trolls and haters. Roll with the punches. If you bite, don't, don't, don't show that you're affected at all because it's the internet. So you're going to have to deal with a lot of that stuff, and uh, I just mo 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 most important thing is to to just stay positive and do stay realistic. Though uh, it, it's it's the most saturated it's ever been. So if you come in with lofty goals, it, it could it could be tough. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. It was it was easier in twenty eighteen, and even then I had to go three four of my initial first months with. It took me four months to get to like eighty viewers five months and before that it was 20 you know and maybe who knows maybe some of those things like i've six months i've been at this i can't get that yeah it's saturated and you know people are there's a lot of people out there who have a favorite big creator so if a big creator's on they will be there it doesn't matter who else is on but they also want to fill the time when that creator's offline right so well yeah that that's fantastic advice um i think it's good to hear such words from uh an experienced creator such as yourself and I appreciate you sharing them with us. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And, uh, shout out to the good folks at, at US Chess. <laughs> we, we look forward to seeing you in person again, either as a coach, maybe as a streamer at one of our events. Um, but we'll say never as a coach. Never as a coach again, even if I, even if I can send you to China again, no? Probably not. It would, <laughs> on, I, the YouTube and That was Twitch. kind of tempting. What if we have a world cadet in Indonesia? Ha! I would go live to the Teddy Corbusier podcast. That would be crazy. We could do the whole match uh, in person. Uh, <laughs> I was joking, uh, or like I think last month I was like, "There's a guy I would I would chess box." Not the not the father, out of respect, but the, the son. Hey, <laughs> we could we we could we could chess box. I'll give some peace odds. Like it'll be great. But, uh, you know, don't don't punch down, as they say. Uh, so right. don't punch up or 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 even with a guy like. Uh, Rosen or, um, but yeah, definitely I will play some tournaments. Uh, probably not coach anywhere, but be back in person. Hopefully before this year is over. Yeah, I think I think all of us have that same hope. Well, uh, again, Levy, thank you. This has been wonderful for Levy Rosman. Uh, I'm your host, Pete Karianis. You're listening to the Chess Underground, and we will see you next month. From a distance. Thank you for listening to the Chess Underground, a U.S. chess podcast. Please check out our entire suite of podcasts, which release every Tuesday, 
and include Ladies' Night with Jen Shahad, as well as Chess Life cover stories and One Move at a Time with Dan Lucas. U.S. Chess would like to thank Jason Andre at Seven Season Films Photography and Media for a podcast production and editing. If you are starting your own podcast, visit www.sevenseasonfilms.com for consulting, production, and editing. Until next time, signing off, Pete Karyanis. <laughs> <laughs>